Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 or standing against the wives of the devil. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verses 4 and verse 5. I'm just going to say some few things I said during the first service and pick it up. Taking or standing against the wiles of the devil. We've established from the scripture that the wiles of the devil are lying deception. Everybody say lying deceptions. The devil is a liar by nature and by what? Operation. The devil is what? I didn't hear everybody. Very good. Say it one more time. You know why I ask you to repeat things? So that it will develop in your consciousness. Because it will shock you that many Christians don't realize that they are dealing with the devil that is a liar by nature and by oppression. When they mention the devil, so many things come to their mind outside what Jesus said. What they know about the devil is what their experiences have told them, what they saw in scary videos, what they saw in deliverance session, what they heard in some weird testimony. That's what they know about the devil. And I've told you this, in spiritual warfare, your manual is the scripture. What is it? Not your experience, not anybody's experience. If the word of God did not say it, then you are not to endorse it. What do you know about the devil? Is it scriptural or is it personal? If what you know about the devil is personal rather than scriptural, then you are a victim of his deception. The devil is a deceiver. That's what the Bible says. Why is he a deceiver? Because he's a liar by nature and by operation. So when the Bible said in 1 Peter 5, it said, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, your opponent, the devil, walks about seeking whom he may what? Devour. Watch this. When he says your opponent, what will hit your mind is what your commander-in-chief told you about him. John 8, 44 says, the devil is a liar and the father of it. And he tells us he lies for operation. He said when he tells a lie, he tells it of his own for he's the for he's a liar and the father of it. Never forget that. And the only way to deal with a liar is through the truth. If you don't know the truth, your best intention doesn't score. You got to know the truth. Because what we're dealing with in this warfare is the wiles of the devil. This is where many of us make mistakes. When we talk about spiritual warfare, our mind are on so many things outside scripture. Write this down. Spiritual warfare is about strongholds. Dealing with strongholds. <laughs> Spiritual warfare is about what? Especially we Africans. Satan has given us a version of idolatry that has exalted 
a lot of weird things. When we mention witchcraft, and if you all you put think about is somebody flying. So when you talk about warfare, they told you that three o'clock that's when witches hold meeting. You must be a witch to know that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have all kinds of weird knowledge of spiritual warfare that are not explained in scripture. And your spirituality, because you, you are operating under a deception, you, you spiritualize it and try to make it, you, you manufacture an enmity that is not even existing. That's what a lie does to a person. A lie makes you to believe what is not real as real. A lie, is, a lie makes you invent something that is not there. And you convince yourself it's there. In medical science, there's what they call, I'm trying to use the right word. Is it psychiatric or psychomatic illness? Where somebody believes that he has an illness, but he doesn't have it. His body will manifest some of the symptoms, but when they medically check the person, he doesn't have it. But the person believes he has it. It's a psychiatric case. Something that has to do with the mind. Spiritual warfare, it's about what is dominating and speaking in your mind. Did you hear what I said? Spiritual warfare is by what? What is dominating and what is speaking in your mind. The Bible says the prosperity, the spiritual prosperity of a believer can only speak in his life, in his material life, when his soul prospers. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. And the prosperity of your soul comes about through the renewing of your mind. If your mind has no truth, your mind is under bondage. So when we talk about standing against the wiles of the devil, we're talking about pulling down what? Stronghold. Everybody say pulling down stronghold. Pulling down stronghold. Pulling down stronghold say, I begin to pull down all the witches in my village. I call in a fire, Holy Ghost fire. Burn the Roko tree in my village. That's not pulling down stronghold. That's not. You can't pray prayers like that if the Holy Ghost didn't tell you. Some of the prayers that have been generalized to become general prayer were specific leading that was given by the spirit to people. Specific leadings. Everybody says specific. But we have turned it into a manual. If you're praying and the Holy Ghost leads you to make, let me give you an example. There's a guy that was, his business was struggling. So he asked his pastor to come and pray for him. So the pastor went into the office to pray. As he stood there, through the operation of the gift of designing of spirit, and he saw a demon in the, in the office. You know what he did? He just went to the door. He said, now you foul spirit out of this place in Jesus, and then he walked away. From that moment, his business began to prosper. Now, let me ask you a question. Does that mean that any business that suffers now, there's a demon in the office? Hello? Hello? Does it mean every business that has a leg now, that means the pastor will now go and stand at the door and say, out? Because that's the problem with us. Because we're not rooted in scriptures and the word of God, we are now making a doctrine of leading of the spirit. The leading of the spirit is not a doctrine. The leading of the spirit has specific application of scripture in specific cases. Let me give you an example in the Bible. When the Bible says, go into all the word and do what? Preach the gospel. All the word. All the word is what? All the word. 
Paul wanted to go and preach in Asia. The Bible said we should go, but the Holy Ghost said, mm -mm, don't go. By the leading of God's spirit and by the program of God for you for this season, it's not for time for you to go to Asia. He said, go to Europe. He had to listen to the Holy Ghost for him to know where he wanted him to go at that particular time. Until he had a dream in the night and he saw a man calling him from Macedonia. Then he knew that God was calling them to where? Europe, not Asia. That's the leading of the spirit. But Paul still went to preach in Asia. Read your Bible, he did. So we need, when we come to church, many of us, our foundation has been built on experiences that were not processed with scripture. So we took the experiences as doctrines. So when we come to church in our prayer life, we're looking for those experiences. Like to you, when they pray, certain things must show to show that you are really praying. Or certain things must, you know, become, you become a seeker of sign. There are some things you look for. When you see it, then the prayer is strong today. It's strong. It's strong. Where, where? It's strong. Because you saw some soulish signs that you were looking for. We're not grounded in scripture. We operate by faith. Whether I see signs or not, when I pray in the name of Jesus, he answers me. I don't have to feel anything. Sometimes I feel, but I don't have to feel. The rule is not feeling. What the word says is the rule. Are you hearing me? Because through the name of Jesus, we have access to the Father. And through the name of Jesus, we can do the works of Christ. Is that not true? So whether, whether I feel or not feel, whether I, I shake or not shake, whether anything moves or doesn't move, we don't look for signs. Signs will operate if the Holy Ghost deems it fit. Do you understand that? When they were praying, the Bible said the building shook. That was the only time it shook. Did the building shake again in another place? It didn't shake. They, they had several prayer time. But there was something, the, the manifestation was suitable to the program of God. That's why the Holy Ghost allowed it. The other time I know there was a shaking was when Paul and Silas was in prison. Is that not true? When they were praising God, they were acting on the word. They had enough reason to be depressed. Because if you check the story, God had told Paul to go and preach. He says, set aside for me. Is that not so? He told Barnabas to separate. They, they stayed together until a quarry came and they separated finally. Paul went with Silas. So the Bible said, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. So they were sent forth by the Holy Ghost. But the fact that the Holy Ghost sent you forth doesn't mean you're not going to face persecution. You will face persecution. As a matter of fact, they beat Paul, threw him and Silas, and threw him into the worst part of the prison called a dungeon. And placed their hand and their leg on stocks. Stock means if you want to urinate, you urinate on yourself. If you want to poo-poo, you poo-poo on yourself. Now, if it were to be some of you, you some of you say, I don't blame God. Not because I say, I, I, I don't blame her. This gospel, I don't see people You don't do. You don't do. No, they didn't. The Bible says they began to praise God. They sang praises to God. They, first of all, they prayed and they began to worship. And as they worshiped, the presence of God broke out into that building. Blew the stocks over. All the prisoners that were in chain. Because when the deliverer shows up, there will be deliverance now. It doesn't matter what your case is. As soon as his presence manifested there, all, everybody that was on, the prison doors opened instantly, the chains broke instantly. But nobody moved. So the jailer woke up when he heard the noise, thought everybody had run away, and wanted to kill himself, and he said, hey, chill. Well, yeah. Be grounded on the word. Spiritual warfare is about pulling strongholds. What are strongholds? I told them, let's read it. Second Corinthians chapter 10, everybody. Because this is what warfare is all about. 
Second Corinthians chapter 10. Are you there? You're with your Bible? All right, verse 4. What did he say? For the weapons of our warfare. Tell anybody neighbor, say, we are in a warfare. And if you notice the word weapons is in plural. The, the weapons is what is also called the armor of God. We're going to deal with that uh, very soon. For the weapons, we have weapons. There are more than one. Of our warfare. So this warfare, God has given us weapons. And he tells us the source of the weapon. They are not carnal, but mighty through God to what? To the pulling down of stronghold. So through these weapons, you are able to pull down strongholds. Outside of this weapon, you can't pull them down. These weapons are equipped to pull down stronghold. And I told you this, that the word uh, warfare, it's about pulling down what? Strongholds. Then it tells us what the strongholds are in verse 5 and what it means to pull down strongholds. Look at verse 5, everybody. Let's read it together, everybody. Want to go? Are you paying attention? Look at your Bible or look at the screen. Want to go? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience. Two things are clear in this verse. One, what it means to pull down stronghold. And two, what are strongholds. Did you hear what I said? Notice the word stronghold is in plural. Two things in this verse. What are the two things? What it means to pull down strongholds, which is the warfare, and what are strongholds. Is that clear? We said in this scripture, strongholds are what? Imaginations and suggestive thoughts. What are strongholds? Imagination. I told and told. And hear me, where are these activity going on? The mind. Did you hear what I said? Hello? That, that's why warfare. <laughs> I take a talk to the devil. That's we'll get to that at secondary level. But if you don't do sanitation inside you, where the, the primary warfare, that, this is why the Bible says we wrestle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We wrestle. Why are we wrestling? Because the strongholds we are dealing with are constructed from the wiles of the devil. And I said in the first service that stronghold, it's like an adjective that is used to describe the nature of thoughts. I said to them in the first service, how does your mind function? Your mind functions with thoughts. Is that not so? Your mind functions with what? It thinks with thoughts. So whatever your mind accepts as an acceptable thought, it will operate by it. So thoughts are like training instructors. Any particular thought that you keep allowing to your mind will train your mind how to think in a particular way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Any thought you allow to gain access to your mind will train your thought or your mind in a particular way. 
And that particular way is defined by the nature of the thought. If a fear thought comes into your mind and you don't cast it down, are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't, the word cast that means to pull down, to resist, to refuse to stay. And you use the weapon of your warfare to take it out. If you don't take it out, that thought will train. It will lecture your mind. It will train your mind in a particular way. And that way is defined by the nature of the thought itself. So that's why every thought has a source. Every thought has a nature, a purpose. And when you let your mind romance with a thought, without confronting the thought, that thought will configure, program, or condition your mind according to it. And once it is conditioned, the product is what is called mindset, mentality, or stronghold. Did you hear what I said? Did you get that? That's why I told them in the first service, a stronghold is the effect of the wiles of the devil in the mind of a man. Satan understands that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what does he do? He's interested in how you think. And I made one comment in the first service. No behavior is accidental. Nobody behaves by mistake. Every behavior is the product of a programming in the mind. And what strongholds do? Strongholds are the result of the programming of the wiles of the devil. And I told you the wiles of the devil are lies. And what are lies? They are knowledge. Lies is a knowledge. The knowledge of the truth. I mean, lying is a knowledge. Truth is a knowledge. Is that not true? Lie is what? A knowledge. Truth is what? A knowledge. So what the devil does is that he supplies lying knowledge to your mind in an area. And if you don't have truth, it will condition your mind, program it, and it will produce what the Bible calls a strong hold. I usually use a vernacular illustration. It's like raising up area boys inside your mind. You know what area boys are? When we're coming back from um, uh, uh, Sapple, we went through on nature. There's some spots, about two spots that are very bad. And we saw this long stretch of road. So, the uh, Guinea noticed some people were making a diversion. You remember the diversion now? Huh? When I followed them, it would take you, you will avoid the major lapse of it. Now, the issue was this. As we took that diversion, it looked like an easy road. But not long before the road, when I saw area boys with different stop point, you must drop 100 naira before you pass. But not one. It was not two. It was not three. It was not four. It was not five. It was not six. It was not seven. It was not ten. You just be dropping money. <laughs> dropping money. There we go. Those guys where the they, they tell you it's our community. Once a strong goat takes a grip, your mind becomes their community. They will put roadblock there. Anything that wants to enter must pay homage. If they don't like it, bye bye, go. Because any smart thing that they can break your car. Are you are you understanding me? Because I was on Kasok, the man of God. Okay, hey, you can go, you can go. That was what was just making me go. Are you here understanding what I'm saying? As you're sitting right now, there are strongholds in your mind. 
There are strongholds in your mind. And, and the warfare is about pulling them down. And, and, and I said this, that the goal of the stronghold is to attack your obedience of Christ. That's the, that's, that's the warfare. Satan knows this. And, and I, I, I said that the singular threat to Satan is your knowledge of Christ and obedience. Your not, not just knowledge, your knowledge and obedience to Christ. That's why what stronghold does is this. Their job. How do you know a stronghold is there? How do you know a thought is a stronghold in your mind? It will exalt itself against what? What will it do? How do you detect the presence of a stronghold? It will exalt itself against the knowledge of God. So, hey, if you don't know the word, or if your knowledge of God is kindergarten, then you probably will not, will not be able to tell the difference whether it's a stronghold or it's your normal thought. A stronghold is a colored thought in your mind. It represents errors of your mind that has been seized by the enemy. And you know the funny thing? Some of these strongholds, they are like ideologies. They are like mentalities. They are common knowledge that some of you have adopted and agreed as normal code for life and for living. And you don't see anything wrong with it. Let me give you one stronghold. The voice of God. Finish it now. The voice of the people is the voice of... Some of you still believe that. It's a stronghold. It's a lie. It's only like that in the scripture. Let me tell you, give you another stronghold. Money is evil. This money. What the money don't take people I see? Money is truly evil. Is money evil? What is evil? But stronghold tells you money is evil. So if you don't know the truth, you'll not be able to detect them. For instance, another stronghold tells that it is normal and human to be sick. Is that what the word of God says? In, in, in the light of redemption, you cannot be sick. Your body may, but you cannot because you are a spirit and your spirit is one with Christ. Are you understanding me? Now, as you understand it, the life you carry will begin to manifest in your physical body and drive out any trace of sickness from your body. In fact, the only reason sickness attaches itself to our body is because of some medical lies we have believed. I use the word medical lies. There are some medical truth, but there are some medical lies too. <laughs> Especially when the result doesn't agree with what the word says. Those are medical lies. Especially when the medical explanation and justification seems to put aside what Jesus has done. Medicine is not an enemy of the faith. But when medicine is not processed with the wisdom of God, it becomes an enemy to your faith. Did you hear what I said? For instance, it's not lack of faith to take medicine. As long as you realize that your faith is not in the medicine, but in God. Because if you believe in the medicine, medicine is limited in itself. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Hello? So if you don't have knowledge of the truth, you are going to be limited in your ability to detect the stronghold. And can I, can I tell you this? Stronghold is what is used to hold nations in bondage. You see corruption? That we call corruption. Corruption is a stronghold. It's a mindset that is heavily 
warded from poverty, sold into generations, and convinced people have, have taken that from one generation to another generation, and depends on country. Every country faces that because a corruption is a mindset, is a mentality, is a thinking pattern, is a stronghold. When he enters a man, you may enter office with a good mind. But if you don't have truth to deal with it, the moment you enter, it will swallow you. That's why you see somebody before you enter office is talking one way. After like one year, he's not talking another way. Why? Because the stronghold has entered. There are strongholds right this down in every area. Every area of life, there are strongholds. Their characteristic is to exalt itself against what? The knowledge of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And our warfare is to take them down. You take them down first of all in your mind. Can, can I say this to every one of you? Whenever you are given a prophecy, maybe in a service I was preaching, or you heard me preach, and, and I spoke a word, and the Holy Spirit gave you a weakness in your heart that what I said is for you. Do you know that there is a stronghold that will rise inside you to try to convince you that that word cannot come to pass? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Abraham faced it. When God spoke to Abraham, you will have a son. The message came when Abraham was almost 100 years. The wife was about almost 70 or something. So, when Sarah was listening to the gist between God and Abraham, said, you will have a son by this time. Sarah did not know when the laugh came out of her mouth. <laughs> hey, hey. Then God said, why are you laughing? I don't laugh. I didn't laugh. He said, but you laugh. He said, no, 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 I didn't laugh. No, no, it's not me that laugh. It's the laugh that laugh. <laughs> God says, you will laugh. You laughed. You know what he said? He said, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That thing that is telling you in your mind that is hard is the stronghold you are dealing with. Those strongholds, they come from two twin forces, unbelief and doubt. When God spoke to them that they were going to have a son, instead of believing the word of God, you know what they did? After a while, the stronghold in their mind began to tell them, heaven help those who help themselves. So they now said, it's true. So Sarah called Abraham one day. Sarah respects Abraham a lot. Say, please come. You know, God told you, you will give, I will have a son. Say yes. Say the son will come from me. Say yes. There's another way the son can come from me. Say it will come from me, Nabi. The word say it will come from me. So there's another way the child can come from me. I have a maid. The maid is my own, so it's still coming from me. <laughs> do, do you understand? That's how strong goes out. That's how corny they are. Say, take my maid. Her name is Hagar. She will bet for you. If she born, Nami born. Is that true? So Abraham said, are you sure about this? And I've told you, no problem. So Abraham agreed. Sarah became pregnant. I mean, Hagar became pregnant. And as soon as she became pregnant, the Adamic nature in Hagar rose up. And she began to look at her madam with disrespect. So now you they punish this Morgasins. You know if you get belay, woman. In fact, I was supposed to even be the wife, not you. 
our own strongholds are also speaking. Then, while that was going on, God showed up to Abraham. And because of what they did, God left them for 13 years. Read your Bible. If you, if you study your Bible, God was absent in manifestation to Abraham for 13 years because of what they did about Ishmael. God just disappeared for 13 years. He didn't talk to Abraham. Read your Bible. So for 13 years, Abraham was just walking without God's voice in his life. For 13 years, he was just going left, right, anywhere, nowhere. And after 13 years, God came back. Say, Abraham, Sam, your reward and your ex I mean, I'm your shield and exceeding great reward. And God began to speak to him. Abraham now went and brought, even in the encounter, the strong God was still trying to speak through Abraham. He said, I know you promised me I will have a seed. Let Ishmael be my seed. And God said to him, no. The one I told you will come from your loins. Between you and Sarah. As a matter of fact, nine months time, according to our medical, you will have a son. God spoke that immediately. Bam! Gave the word. And Abraham submitted and believed God. Now, Paul by the Spirit began to tell us the stronghold that Abraham felt in the book of uh, Romans chapter 4. He said, when God says, I will make you a father of many nations. Let, let's go there. Let's look at the strongholds here. Remember, they are imaginations and suggestive thoughts. Go to Romans chapter 4, everybody. Are you learning something? Romans chapter 4. Let's go there. Because there are some strongholds some of you need to confront. You want to deal with the devils on the outside. Meanwhile, there are secret agents inside your mind. Strongholds are like secret agents. They are the ones selling you out to the devil. They will occasionally escape through your mouth. They will escape through your behavior. That's why some of you just act in the flesh. Why? Because there's a stronghold there. They'll just act through your mouth. Act through your behavior. You act funny and crazy. It's a stronghold that is speaking. Um, Romans chapter 4. Are we there? Let's look at from verse 17. The Bible begins to tell us what God spoke to Abraham. Because every miracle... Begins with a word from God. Say amen. amen. Whatever you desire begins with what? A word from God. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. That's what God said. And what God said, God is and God does. Is that not true? Before him, whom he what? He believed. Until you believe what has been spoken, there will not be a performance. Is that clear? But sometimes between believing and when God speaks, that's where strongholds rise. Because the goal of strongholds is for you not to obey Christ. And to obey Christ means to believe him. So what they do is they will raise imaginations. And I told you what are imaginations. Imaginations are pictures in the mind. Is that not so? And subjective thoughts are suggestions intended to stir up in you. Any form of attitude or behavior that is against your obeying Christ. It will look for any justification whatsoever and it's based on lies. And if you don't have truth, you can't stand it. That's why the secret of your frustration is in your mind. What did I say? Whatever distresses or depresses you is inside your mind. It's not from outside. It's the way you're thinking. There's a lie in your mind that you are refusing to submit to the truth. And as long as you protect that line in your mind, you will continue to be depressed. Listen, let's, let's see. He said, who we believe, even God who quickens the dead, he tells us about the ability of God that goes into motion when we believe God. God is able to make alive the dead. 
and calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's how God speaks. When God speaks, God has no regard for the difficulty or the challenges because they cannot stop his word. He can only stop us because of the way we think in our mind. Now, he begins to open to us what the strongholds were. Verse 18. Who against expectation, the word hope means expectation, believed in his expectation. What was the expectation? I made you a father of many nations. He had to believe what God said so he can become it. You see, there are two things you need to understand about faith. God said, I have made you. In the eyes of God, it is a done deal. But for you to become what God has made you, you have to believe to become. Is that not so? For him to become the father of many nations, he had to believe what God said. And according to that which was spoken, so shall I see it be. Go to the next verse, verse 19. And be not weak in faith. This is the mistake I have made in this verse. And I'm sure some of you make that mistake. Tell your neighbor, say, faith is not weak. Say it seven times. Okay, hold on, hold on. Say, my faith is not weak. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. I used to think it was weak in faith. So I thought it was faith that was weak. And, when I, and I said, there's weak faith. No, there's no weak faith. The faith we have is the faith of Christ. And that faith is always strong. It was not faith that was weak. It was him that was weak in faith. Do you understand the difference? I think some of you saw it. Some of you didn't see it. He didn't say he, was, he had weak faith. He was weak in faith. Not faith weak. Uh -uh. Faith not weak. Galatians 2.20 says that we have been crucified with Christ. Is that not true? Nevertheless we live, yet not I, but Christ lives in us. And the life we live in the flesh, we live by what? The faith of the Son of God. So the faith you have, whose faith is it? So that faith is not weak. Never weak. There's no weak faith. There's no strong faith. Did you hear what I said? Say that when we say there's no weak faith. There is no strong faith. You only have faith. What happens to you is your attitude disposition to the engagement of your faith. You can be weak in the application of your faith or you can be strong in the application of your faith. When you are weak in the application of your faith, it's because there are strongholds you are dealing with. Strongholds, in order to affect your knowledge and obedience to Christ, their goal is to make you weak in faith. They can't weaken your faith because that faith is not their own. It's, it's, it's Christ. That faith, um, I don't know if this grammar is correct, is unweakable. If, you don't, if it's not good grammar, it's good revelation. Say my faith is unweakable. Cannot be weak. Never. Because it's the faith of Christ. The, the faith Christ, just like the life of God has no defect. The faith of God you have has no defect. Do you understand that? There's no defect in faith. But it's our operation of faith that has an issue. And, and we see in verse 19, and be not weak in faith. The, the goal of stronghold is to make you weak 
in faith. Why? Because first Corinthians, first John chapter five verse four says, "Our faith is the victory that what overcomes the world." So to be weak in faith means you are weak in victory. I'm trying to make you understand why some people have a word from God and there seems to be a delay. This is what Abraham dealt with. And I pray the Holy Spirit will open your understanding in those areas so you can bridge it and shift from being weak in faith to becoming strong in faith. See, I hear you. The, work, the goal of stronghold is to make you weak in faith in your knowledge and obedience to Christ. And how did he do that? Watch this. And be not weak in faith. Watch this. He considered not his own body not dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So one of the areas that the strong goals will use against your faith life is to use the circumstances around you to shift your focus from Christ to them. And this particular case in point is classical. I mean, these guys got a word from God when they were almost 100 years old. The medical, see, that's why I say medicine can be a problem in this sense. Because according to medicine, when a woman crosses, in fact, the age that Sarah is, there's nothing that cross, it is gone. They say it's menopause. The menu has paused. There's no, there's no even menopause. There's no pause or menu. Everything is gone. So biologically speaking, it is not sensible. Let me make it that practical. It is not sensible for you to be talking about a woman having a child between the age of 75 and almost 100 years. Are you crazy? Not even 75. I think she was almost 90 years old or so. Yes, about 90 years old. Can you imagine you just meet the 90 years old? Say, Mama. Say, Mama. Say, yes. He said, the Lord said, I should tell you you're going to have a son. Do my first look at you. Say, my son. Are you Okay. You not see me with this stick when I take the waka. The power I get, I take out the waka. Where I want to take a ball from? It is not medically sensible. It is not medically agreeable. Look at it. Look at it. He said, watch what Paul said. I mean, uh, uh, the Bible said. He said, he considered not his own body. Abraham's body was the body of a old man. He had wrinkles and wasn't as used to be young. So if you were to look at his body, there was no hope. Then to look at the womb of a woman of 90 years old. Ish. But guess what he did? In order not to be weak in faith and to overcome his stronghold, he considered not his body, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He shifted his eyes from the condition and kept it on Christ. Or kept it on the word. He said it, I believe it, and that's all that concerns me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To be weak in faith means to consider your condition. Are you hearing me? But to be strong in faith means to pull down your stronghold and keep your focus on the word. See, I hear you. Look at verse 20. Look at what he did. The Bible says he had to deal with the stronghold. He staggered not. At the promise of God through what? Unbelief. So it was the strong God of unbelief that was trying to attack the promise that God had given to him that you have gone beyond the age of bearing child. Even when God 
Almighty has said it. The one the Bible says that cannot lie. The one that says I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? God spoke. And man is trying to tell God. Are you sure? God showed you a dream. God gave you a prophetic word. And you are not trying. It now looks as if the situations in your life. Is trying to unpreach God to you. It's like a, a medical test. It's not threatening God in your life. And telling you, I know God said it. I know you saw it. I know you had a weakness in your spirit. But this is the test result. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You didn't hear what I said. And you can be, you can be doing this. Everybody say stagger. You know what the staggering is? You will go like this. You will come like this. It's like a double-minded man. You're unstable. You don't convince. One moment you're excited. Then another moment the struggle will rise up on the inside of you and remind you of the condition. I will not put some in just then you will not be reading some stupid cases. All of a sudden you'll be goggling. You'll just be seeing some stupid thing to reinforce why you should be like that. You don't know it's a setup of Satan. You think you are you are meeting those information by mistake? No. The secret agent inside your mind is supplying information through your mouth and your behavior to the demons on the outside, which are the principalities, the powers. When we come to them, you know that they are secondary. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, they have a network. Once, the way they know if their poison is working very well in your mind is through your mouth and through your behavior. There's a way you will speak and they work. Then they will increase the measure. Because that's how you give out what is in your mind. They don't know what you think, except you tell them. They don't know what is in your mind, except you act it. Then the staggering continues. What? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. There is no strong faith. There's no weak faith. There's only faith. Did you hear what I said? There is no strong faith. There's no weak faith. You only have strong faith. If it, Paul gave us the revelation of what Jesus meant when he said, I've not found such a strong faith. What he meant to say was, I've not found someone who has laid hold on my word and my word alone. Hallelujah. But was strong in faith. And how do you know that he was strong? He had overthrown with the knowledge of the promise of God that he had in that area. He had overthrown the strongholds that were fighting, the strongholds of unbelief. And he did that by giving glory to God. How could he give glory to God? Look at verse 21. Being fully persuaded. The word persuaded means convinced. He had gotten the revelation that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. If you are not persuaded there, you will stagger. If you are not persuaded that what God has told you, he has the capacity to bring it to pass, you will stagger. The enemy will make sure you stagger. That's what strong goes does, to make sure you stagger. Now, let, let me go back to what I'm saying and I'm going to round up. Whew. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? All right. The emphasis of stronghold, why people stagger, is because their knowledge of Christ is weak. When people are weak in faith, it's because their knowledge of Christ is what? Weak. Write this down. Weak 
in faith means your knowledge of Christ and what he has done is weak. Because faith operates when knowledge is known. When you are weak in faith, it means your knowledge of Christ and what he has done is weak. I hope you are, some of you are not writing anything. To be weak in faith means your knowledge of Christ and what he has done is weak. And because it is weak, you are not fully persuaded that what he has promised you is able to make it. You, can, you will still entertain doubt. All the struggles of doubt will just, some kind of reasoning will just come into your mind and you just go through seasons of frustrations and wrong confessions, then you repent again. You come, Lord, I'm sorry, I know I just didn't talk any assets. No, beg, forgive me. Then you keep starting and coming and starting and coming and starting. At the, there's a point you just like, if I don't even know what, then you now go on vacation for six months, you don't say anything again. Just, just go no verse. Till the time. If you say, you know, say, me, I don't tire too. You tire, tire. You'll be talking nonsense. When your knowledge of Christ is weak, your faith will be weak. Am I making any sense? L let, me, let me say this. I said, um, when the knowledge of Christ increases, the activities of the demonic decreases. Yeah. The reason why those doubts and unbelief you are facing seems to be stronger is because your knowledge of Christ is weak. So your persuasion in God's ability to help you is weak. Why is the knowledge of Christ powerful? In the revelation of the knowledge of Christ is the revelation of God's righteousness. Everybody say God's righteousness. We're teaching a series now in Bible study called the Why? The message, the teaching, and the preaching of the gospel. And we're looking at currently on why the gospel. And we're making some interesting discovery about the gospel. And we said that the word of the gospel is revealed in 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, 4, that says God will have all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Please hear this. Why is the righteousness of God so powerful? The righteousness of God is the character or the nature of God that a believer receives when he gets born again. In that righteousness, you are declared just before God. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Let me put in another word. When you are righteous, God calls you like himself. And the mystery about righteousness is that it is not based on you. It is based on Christ and what he has done. So your believing in Christ automatically acquits you and brings you into the league of God. Hush, I don't know how to put this. That's what Paul said. In the gospel is a revelation of the righteousness of God from faith to faith. That means the more you begin to understand your status as the righteousness of God, the stronger you will be in manifesting your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hear me. The righteousness of God makes those who are born again sons of God. And as sons of God, you have become partakers of the divine nature of God. You've now been upgraded into the God kind or the God order. That's why he gave you his mind so you can think like him. You're no longer humanity. You're not divinity in humanity. The more men grow in the knowledge of Christ, the more Christ is revealed through them. How many of you know that Christ never said, I have? He said, I am. I heard that from Benihi yesterday. Hit me hard. I am peace. Is it not peace? I am strength. I am life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am. 
So to know him is to know the I am. To know him is to know peace. To know him is to know strength. To know him is to know provision. To know him is to know healer. To know him is to know health. To know him is to know prosperity. The devil knows this better than some of you. So if you can shift your focus from him, I will shift your focus from the inheritance that he offers you in him. Please hear me. The more men grow in the knowledge of Christ, the more Christ is revealed in and through them. That is why the enemy's key strategy for deploying his wild is to deceive or mislead men from the simplicity that is in Christ. That was simplicity we said is the word fidelity. What is fidelity? It means reliance, dependability, looking up to. He doesn't want you to depend on Christ. He doesn't want you. So the enemy uses imagination, which are strongholds, imaginations and suggestive thoughts to corrupt men's mind with all kinds of deceptions that de-emphasizes Christ and what he has done. Can use anything. And I said the word de-emphasize means the following. It means to reduce the importance of something, to make light, to make little or nothing. To gloss over. That means you are very light on it. You don't take it serious. It means to underemphasize it. You don't measure in it. Just a passing thing. You underrate it. You downgrade it. You tone it down. You belittle it. You minimize it. You understate it. You undervalue it. You trivialize it. When they say Christ, yeah, yeah, I beg, I beg, I beg, all this Christ, what he has done, what is that? You forget that that's your life. That's your peace. That's your security. That's your victory. It is only through the knowledge of the truth of Christ and what he has done, we can expose and pull down the wise of the devil. Are you hearing me? You cannot cast down or pull, cast down imagination and bring every thought to the obedience of Christ if you are very kindergarten in your knowledge of the truth of Christ. You know what some people Christians are trying to do? They're trying to use psychology to fight spiritual warfare. So if you want to fight this warfare, nobody, then they fight and like this. So you go collect one, one psalm, you collect another one of the prophets, you go add, you know, take some from Jeremiah, take some from Ezekiel, take some from... Um, Abacock, he named the Chukwewe, Abacock. Collect from that one. Then mix them together. <laughs> that's, you have been a native doctor. That's not, not spiritual warfare. You don't know what you're doing. Spiritual warfare is, first of all, you must confront the strongholds that is challenging your faith. It begins with your mind. Because the only advantage the enemy has over you is your thinking. You can't fight a devil when he's lying to your mind. How will you fight him? Why did you think James 4, 7 says, submit to God, then resist the devil? Submit means you come under his word. His word will register and give you illumination in your mind and you will see truth so you can resist the devil. Because if you don't submit to God, resisting the devil is just a waste of time. How can you resist what you will invite back into your mind again when your mind is already there? You can't cast what is holding your mind. It's not possible. The knowledge... Of the truth of Christ and what he has done. It's only through it we can expose and pull down satanic wires. Otherwise known as strongholds. The knowledge of the truth of Christ and what he has done is referred to as the armor of God 
or the weapons of our warfare. Because they are knowledge-based. Paul uses certain typology to communicate the truth. The knowledge of the truth of Christ and what he has done is referred to as the armor of God, otherwise called the weapons of our warfare. We must know what the armor of God is so we can stand against the wives of the devil. What is the armor of God and how do we put it on? We're going to look into that in the next service. We're going to look at the armor of God in the next service. Say amen. amen. Let's rise up on our feet. Have you been blessed? All right. Let's begin to ask the Lord to grant us understanding that the words we have heard will dwell richly in our hearts. Hallelujah. Open your mind and begin to pray. Glory be to God. Open your mind and begin to pray. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I worship you. Glory be to your name. Pray, pray in the spirit for like one minute, then we'll round up. I want you to digest what you just heard. A lot has been spoken to your spirit. The words I spoke is not just to your head. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.